0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: Jesus came through the line of Judah, and to me this is sort of like a, a very hint of a prophecy, perhaps, of Jesus coming to his people. Remember, in John chapter 1, verse 11, it says that he came to his own. Jesus, the Logos, he came to his own, and his own received him not. He came not only to the earth, which belonged to him, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, but not only did he come to what he owned by property rights, but he also came to his own. He came to the Jews. How
0: can I ever Let's see. Hi everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. Pastor Rob continues to explore Moses' final blessing on the tribes of Israel in chapter 33 of the book of Deuteronomy. We have learned that the book of Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance, but it is also a book of prophecy. Moses addresses each tribe from both where they have come from to where they will end up. Even though their faithfulness to God is questionable, God continues to be faithful to his people. So much, he introduced the Messiah through the Jewish nation. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's teaching.
1: Jesus came through the line of Judah. And to me, this is sort of like a, a very hint of a prophecy, perhaps, of Jesus coming to his people. Remember, in John chapter 1... Verse 11, it says that he came to his own, Jesus, the Logos. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He came not only to the earth, which belonged to him, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, but not only did he come to what he owned by property rights, but he also came to his own. He came to the Jews, and they refused him. Isaiah tells us the same thing in Isaiah 53. It says, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And God was going to bring him to his people, even though that they would reject him. And of Levi, he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim Be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Mesa, and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah. The Urim and the Thummim, if you remember, were these two stones, one white and one black, that the high priest would stick into his vest. And sometimes when they would ask God questions, sometimes they would figure that out by putting these two stones in and pulling one out. And if it was white, it was a yes answer. If it was black, it was a no answer. Sometimes they would use Urim and Thummim for those purposes. And so he says, Let your Urim and your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Mesa and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah. Remember that time as Moses and Aaron were there in Exodus 17? God says, Moses, just strike the rock. Just strike the rock and the water will come forth. And Moses does that. He strikes the rock and water comes out. Everybody's happy. And then you fast forward another two years. They're at the same place. <laughs> and now God says, and now the water starts to diminish. And God tells them, now just speak to the rock and the water will come forth. And Moses, being angry with the people, pulled out his Louisville slugger and he whacked it twice. Not once, but in twice. Shall we give water to you rebels? Totally misrepresenting God. Verse 9 and who says. Speaking of Levi, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge or respect his brothers or know his own children, for they have observed your word and they have kept your covenant. The, the Levites, the Levites were the ones, they weren't perfect, but they kept the word of the Lord. Are you keeping the word of the Lord? Are you holding it dear to your heart like the Levites did? We're going to see in in Exodus chapter 32, you remember what happened. They had built the golden calf while Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes down and he finds this golden calf and and Aaron, in the midst of it, being caught up into their delusion. But notice what God said. He said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side. Actually, before that, he says, Whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. And the sons, all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to Moses. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from the entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. They fell that day, but notice these men who were zealous they actually went against their brothers they didn't have as it says in verse 9 they didn't have they didn't acknowledge or have respect for their brothers they weren't going to look at them and go oh brother you didn't really mean it i'm not going to do it no god commanded it and so they they followed through with it they were just obedient and obedience sometimes is the hardest thing obedience is hard doing the sinful thing is very easy we're born to do that we just fall into it like Climbing out of bed in the morning, it just, you put your foot in your slipper and your other foot in your slipper and you walk to the coffee pot. Easy to sin, but boy, is it hard to be obedient. Harder to be obedient, but there's greater blessings. In fact, there are only blessings when you are obedient to the Lord. And we live in a time where we have to be obedient, folks. We can't... Just allow these things to get into our head and not allow it to get that 18 inches down to our heart. We have to put feet on our faith. And if we do that, we are going to be invigorated spiritually because you're going to see the result of God working in your life. When you do it, you'll know it when you do it. When you do it, there's the, there's the, the, the mystery of it. There's the secret of it. And I wonder sometimes if our, if our Christian experience and the, the Christians in the world, no doubt they're going to heaven if they've confessed Christ, but how their, their, their walk is stunted. It, it's, they're not growing because they're listening for somebody else. This is for somebody else. This is for my aunt. This is for my uncle. This is for my mother, my brother, my mom, my mom whoever. But not for me. <laughs> but when God speaks to your heart. Be willing to do it isn't that what the word hear means in the in the Hebrew Shema do it is it with the intention of hear it with the intention of doing something about it and so verse nine it says he didn't acknowledge or respect his brothers Levi didn't or know his own children for they have observed your word and they've kept your covenant, and they have they have and they weren't perfect at it either, but they stayed put. They stayed true to the Word of God for the most part. When all of their brothers were falling by the wayside, those men stayed close to the Lord, and they continued to do it. We're not going to go here tonight, but I'd like for you to just read something tonight in, around this verse 9 passage. Read Ezekiel chapter 44. Read Ezekiel chapter 44, because it talks about the priests. It's speaking of the millennial reign, when the, the children of, uh, of Israel, the Levites, will be reinstated, if you will. And those priests who kept God's word and, and didn't fall away during the kings. you Because know, after this, uh, when Moses was talking about these things, it, would be, it wouldn't be very long and they would start entering into idolatry. And sometimes the priests were the ones in, involved in the whole thing. He said, those priests that went after those strange gods, they're not going to be able to stand and, and minister before me. They're going to minister to the people. And that's a summary of what you'd read in Ezekiel 44, verses 10 through 23. The ones who were, followed me with all of their heart, they're going to serve me in my house to do my things. You sense the intimacy, the closeness. But those who went astray, they're still going to be able to serve in the temple. Wow, isn't that grace? Even though they've went after strange gods and they followed those things, they're still going to be able to do that. Hallelujah. There's hope for you and I. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Yeah. And they shall teach, verse 10, Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. And that certainly speaks of what what the Levites were to do. They were to offer the sacrifices, and that's what Leviticus is all about. He says, Bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands, and strike the loins of those who rise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. That they rise not again. Back in Genesis 49, as Jacob was blessing his son Levi, He includes Simeon and Levi together. He said, Simon and Levi, Simon and Levi, there you go. I'm full of this stuff tonight, aren't I? It's crazy. Simeon and Levi, try and say that four times really fast. Simeon and Levi are brothers, instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council, Jacob says. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And certainly God did scatter the tribes of Levi. Remember, they didn't have an inheritance. They were to uh, go into, they were to, can you turn those lights off, Scott, those lights above here? Please if you don 't mind, the Levites were scattered about the tribes, as the Lord gave them commandment, but Simeon was given land, and because they were such a small group of people, and the reason why um, perhaps that Simeon was the smallest of all the twelve tribes was God was dealing with them because if you remember, there was a time in um, there was a time in genesis thirty four where Dinah, who was their sister, was raped by a gentleman who was a, um, he was a man from Shechem, yes, and uh, he was a Hivite. And so he forced their sister Leah, and in order to get retribution, the whole, all the brothers got together, and they, they hatched this plot to uh, have all the men circumcised and, uh, of, the, of Shechem, of their land. And they went along with it because the king wanted Dinah for his son, because he just begged and pleaded for her because she was so beautiful. And they do it, and then while they're still sore and recovering from their circumcision, Simeon and Levi come in with swords, and they kill all the men, including the father, including the son, the heir. And God was saying, you know what? What you guys done was so despicable because just for the rape itself, what does the law say? That they should be put to death. This man should be put to death for raping her, right? And that should have been the end of it. But that wasn't good enough for the brothers. And see, we're no different than them. And you can imagine a bunch of guys together. It's like a football team. It's like the offensive line, the offensive team. You get those guys together and you can just hear it, you know. I can't believe they did it to my sister. They forced her. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. And Simon and Judah were the, the leaders of this. And so what does God do? He scatters the, Le- the Levites. He he, and not only because of this, but he—they didn't have an inheritance in the land. As you can see on the screen behind me, they didn't have a uh, a, pl- a plot of land because God gave them different cities in each of the different tribes of Israel. He gave them cities to dwell in. But Simeon was so small; he put him in in into Judah's allotment because he was so small, the smallest. And it makes you wonder why, just the fruitfulness. God was putting a finger on something. Why is this tribe so small? Well, think about what they did. Now, individually, they could have loved the Lord and and been just fine, but God remembers. And that's why it's so important for us every time that we sin to put it under the blood, to put it under the blood, to confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen? Verse 12, it says, the, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by them. Benjamin, him being the youngest now, who shelters him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. The, the, the scene, if you read that, it just sounds so serene and peaceful and protection. There's protection involved there for Benjamin. And um, in Jacob's blessing back in Genesis 49, it says, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. It speaks of being taken care of, being taken care of. In Joseph, verse 13, and of Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord is his land with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep lying beneath. Now, I want you to notice something up on the screen here. There is this map here. Oh, excuse me. What happened here? Okay, here we go. You'll notice on the map here that who are Jace, Jic, uh, Joseph's sons? Ephraim and Manasseh, right? And so here they are in this land right over here, Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim is right here. Now, the reason I bring this up is, is this, this verse 13. With the precious things of heaven, blessed of the Lord is his land. With the precious things of heaven, with the dew and what? And the deep lying beneath. What is this all about? Well, I looked into this a little bit, and you'll notice on the right side, or the left side of the screen here, there is this thing called the Levant Basin. And this basin right here, as you can see outlined in red, is gas, natural gas and oil reserves. They just discovered this within the last 10, 15 years. And they've been able to map this out. And I want you to notice something really interesting concerning the sons of Joseph. Number one, you can see that all of or Manasseh, you can see the, 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 uh, the natural gas. All this shaded area in here is natural gas. These darker bodies here that you see, those are oil reservoirs. And so you look at this and you superimpose the map. If you look over on the right-hand side, you can see that Manasseh and Ephraim were very rich in natural gas. Even at that time, they didn't even know it, but yet prophecy, God foretelling what was coming in the future. Don't you love that? I mean, if he created the earth, he knows what's underneath the earth, doesn't he? And so he says to them, "...with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep lying beneath." That's very interesting. "...with the precious fruit of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the earth in its fullness, in the favor of him who dwelt in the bush, let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separated from his brothers." And so you can just see that even now that this is starting to come to pass. And maybe even in the millennial reign, this will become more of a bigger deal Or as we get closer to the end. And I think this is really interesting, too, because we're going to look at some others. Um, and it, the, the climate in our world is such that you know Israel has just found this huge reservoir. I forget how many trillions of... Cubic feet, trillions of cubic feet of natural gas that can supply energy for Israel alone for 40 years or more. And that's just one of these, one of these things. And they've labeled these different pits where, they, in the, where the natural gas is, they, in, in the oil. One is the Leviathan Reserve because it's so deep. And many believe that this is actually the, the mother lode that's feeding Saudi Arabia. So do you think there's some concern over Russia, looking at Israel and going, hmm? And then you start reading about Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the hook in the jaws. What could draw them? Well, could it be oil? Could it be natural gas that they desperately need to survive? And now Israel has a huge amount of it, and it's being discovered more as we go on. And there's not going to be very much time left, and they're going to say, you know what? We're going to go, and we're just going to take it. And we're going to see that battle very soon. And who knows when that's going to take place, either before the rapture, after the rapture. We don't really know, but we know that it's coming. Verse 17, His glory is like a firstborn bull, and His horns like the horns of a wild ox. Together with them He shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim. There it is, Ephraim. And they are the thousands of Manasseh. You can look at the map and you can see it. And you can see how these things are such. I love it in Genesis 49, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but one of the things in verse 25 of that chapter, it says this, as Jacob, again, is blessing Joseph, or Manasseh and Ephraim, respectively. It says in verse 25, By the God of your father who will help you, and by the mighty who will bless you, with the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath. Again, in the second, this second time, Jacob tells of it, and then now finally Moses is on his deathbed, and he says the same exact thing. There's something deep beneath that is going to bless you. And maybe there's things that we haven't even caught on yet, but I know that this is probably one of them because it's making them fruitful. It's putting them back on the map in the geopolitical sense in a huge way. Now, because of their energy, uh, ability, and, and what they've got coming, <laughs> it's amazing. And all that land offshore in the Mediterranean – there's actually boundaries, and those boundaries include all of that. Now, there's others uh, up, and, up on the shore around uh, Africa, and they have quite a bit too, but Israel has got this huge plethora of oil, huge oil reserves, huge natural gas. Everyone's looking up and going, oh, hmm, makes me want to go beat on Israel. You can just see the world leaders, those despots in the Middle East, going, I'm "Gonna go in on and pound them, just gonna pound them." How can I do it? What device can I use? Vladimir Putin, I can use him, and he's a all willing to, all willing, a, a very willing vessel. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the near future. But there is some other things here that I think are really interesting. You know, you look at this. Here is that that photo I showed you. You can see here, you know, right off the shore, right here is Israel, and right here these green, those are the oil fields, that's right there in the land of uh, Manasseh and, and um, uh, Zebulun, I believe it was. Uh, is that right? And, and look, at, look at off the shore there, are all these different natural gas reserves out there. One's called Leviathan, another one's called Tamar, Dolphin, and Dalit, and Karish, and, and they've got all this oil coming to them. Amazing. There's a reason I had that. I'll explain later. So, verse eighteen, and Zebulun, he said, rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar, in your tents. They shall call the peoples to the mountains, and there they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. And this may be referring to things yet in their future, perhaps even into the millennial reign, because nobody really knows what this is about yet. And so, it could be something reserved for yet even future. For they shall be partaker of the abundance of the seas. Notice and of treasures hidden in the sand. And again, I bring your attention, here is uh, here is Zebulun, right here. And notice where <laughs> the natural gas is. It pretty much encompasses all of Zebulun. All of Zebulun. There is Zebulun, right there. And right down here, uh, where is it? Yeah, right here is, um, th- these maps should actually be moved like this. They're not like next to each other. Right here is where um, Haifa is, and right over here is where Haifa is. So right, right here is right there, right where that natural gas is lying right there. So it's just interesting, treasures hidden in the sand. In verse 20, and, and of Gad, he said, Blessed is he who enlarges Gad. He dwells as a lion and tears the arm and the crown of his head. He provided the first part for himself because a lawgiver's portion was reserved there. And he came with the heads of the people and he administered the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. And notice of the tribe of Dan. And of Dan he said, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan. It's interesting, you remember the, the Danites, if you remember, they didn't settle. Uh, they settled more on the, uh, where Gaza is today. And yet there was a, a king, who became king over the northern part. Remember after the kingdom's uh, Solomon's kingdom split? Who was over the northern ten tribes? Jeroboam, remember? And what did he do? Jeroboam. He put two centers of worship, one in Bethel and one up in Dan, way up north. If you were to look at a map, uh, actually, wrong thing here. If you were to look at a map, Dan is right up here, right up there where my, my marker is. Okay, Dan is over here, right? That's where the tribe is. But they also had a settlement up here, and Jeroboam set up an altar there. And when we go to Israel, if you go to Israel, you're going to visit that very altar. You'll see it. It's still there. We haven't seen the one in Bethel, but the one in Dan you will visit, and it's
0: amazing. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.